0: Thanks, Tim. It's good to have Tim here, isn't it? So, he's only here a few more days. So, if you haven't said hi yet, Tim's a salvo from down south where we've been willing to forego that knowledge and uh, cross the border, but it's great that he's been able to spend a week up here sharing with Riverway because he heard Cheryl, nothing compares with Townsville Riverway, our community of faith, Amen? amen? Amen. Well, it's good to see you all. You look a bit spread out here in the middle. No, we need a few people to come in here. That's, that's all right. Lovely to see you all. Love to see your faces. Now, work with me here, okay? Let me know. Coke or Pepsi? Neither. Were there any Pepsis? Oh, a few Pepsis, okay. Oh, Phil. Phil's a Pepsi man. Okay. Smarties or M&M's? Oh, look, truly, these two people up the front, yeah. No soft drink, yeah. A lolly never passes my lips. Don't believe it. What about (laughs) coffee or chai latte? Oh, that got the, yeah, that got the passion out, didn't it? Coffee. Now, some people won't even know what this is, but... Email or snail mail? <laughs> yes, yeah, so for the young ones, what you do is you put it you write on a bit of paper, you put it in an envelope, you seal it and you put a stamp. You go to the post office to get the stamp. Have you ever done that, Dale? Have you ever sent a letter? Dale's he's got no idea how you do that. Okay. Okay, I'm feeling really old. Okay, this this will bring a bit of passion out maybe. Fishing or hiking? Come on. That's a bit of a promo for the men's camp. It'll have both. Yeah. Okay, now this will be the sealer. And I know that there's probably a little bit of area of sadness here. Ford or Holden? Oh, there we are. She's got (laughs) that. Okay. Choices, choices, choices. It's not. We won't talk there. So I've been thinking about this, uh, the choices we make. And it was interesting. I went into a shop this morning and a young girl served me in the shop and uh, she was, uh, had her arms, both her arms out like this, helping me. She was wrapping up something for me. And no, it wasn't a present for you, David. <laughs> Sorry. And on her, just under her, the, the bend of her arm, She had a tattoo on both sides. On the one side, it had the word uh, courage, then a black line, and then the word fear. What's she saying? I'm going to choose courage over fear. On the other arm, she had heart, big black line, mind. Obviously, she wants to make a choice to think with her heart over her mind. We have lots of choices that we make every day. I was thinking about what does one of the steps of the Bridge Program say? We make a decision, is this right? To turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understand him, is that right? What's the first three words? Made a decision make a choice we do that every day don't we with heaps of stuff made a decision and when I read the Bible I see that the same sort of thing happens right from the beginning uh, God ordained that you and I and this happens from when we are very little uh, we have the free will to choose what's a child's first word usually Yeah, besides dad. I think it was always mum in my house. Oh, okay, okay, it wasn't. Um, But that's often one of the very first words, isn't it? They learn very quickly. No. Because we are wired with this free will. And it's weaved through the Bible right from the very beginning. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, Andrew spoke about you know, the creation of the world, and it ended with the creation of you and I. And the way God created you and I to be was not like, you know, puppets on a string or a robot, but he chose you and I to have an innate ability to be able to choose, to make decisions, to be able not only to choose between right and wrong, but between good and best. That's how we're wired, my friends. And right there in the garden... When Adam and Eve had a choice, we know that they had heaps on offer in their life from God. But there were some limitations that God gave them. And that was where they had to exercise their free will. And what happened? They got into strife with that. And so from that time forward, we now operate in that same vein. And there's a few verses that I want to show that hopefully will come up on the screen that again, give a few more examples from the Old Testament about choosing, about making decisions, and if anyone here thinks, "Oh, I've, you know, I, I know what my choices are, or they're set," well, my friends, they're they're never really set, are they? We seem to we seem to vacillate so often in our stuff. We sort of think, "Yeah, I've made up my mind what I believe about this or that," but so often we vacillate. So this first verse was uh, when Joshua was standing before the people of his day and he was saying to the people that he wanted, he said to them, you've got to fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. And he was saying, put away the things that you're worshipping at the moment and this day decide, choose today who you're going to serve. Joshua said that was going to be one of the most important decisions that they would make. The people of that day. If you can decide who you're going to serve, and he put forward, he said, you can, you can, uh, you know, serve your ancestors who lived in the Euphrates River, but if you refu- but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will, choose who you will serve. Would you prefer those other gods, or will it be the Lord you will serve? And then he declares before all of them. Well, that's up to you to make your choice. But Joshua said, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And I reckon the Bible here gives a very clear example that when we're making a decision, it doesn't just affect you and I, my friends, as individuals. It does affect our household. It affects the significant people in our life. It affects the people we are in relationship with. When we make a choice to say, today... I'm going to choose to serve the Lord. And household in that, in, that um, uh, in my family, they had extended families. If they went anywhere, it was always with heaps of people. They had all these extensions to their family. They would travel together. So it didn't just mean, and it doesn't just mean for us, that when we choose to serve God, that it's only making a decision that will affect us. There are people in this room, and, and some of us have made decisions and some of them have been wrong. And they've not only affected us, but they've affected our household. They've affected our families. They've affected the significant people in our life. And so this is important stuff, isn't it? This is not just, oh, throw away sort of decisions. These are the very things that have influence over the people are in and around us. And then there's some verses from Deuteronomy And I'm not going to read it all, but again, here we see uh, the Bible recording. Now listen, because today I'm giving you a choice. And the Bible often brings this out. It's a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. In other parts of the Bible, it's between darkness and light. And, you know, it continues to break my heart when I hear of people who are making decisions that could very well have the consequences not only of a spiritual death, but, my friends, a physical death, way before their time, way before what I'm sure God would have ordained. And you and I know them. And maybe you can identify that that's even you that could be on the precipice of making a decision that will not only mean a spiritual death for you, but it could mean a physical death. That's the reality. And we had the the, the staff members stand up here from Townsville Recovery Services. We must cover, we must cover this centre with prayer because this, every day, people are making a choice between life and death. There are people on our streets and in our parks and in our hostels and in families and in well-to-do suburbs who are making a choice. And it's not a throwaway choice. It's a choice between life and death, darkness and light, prosperity and disaster. What are we going to choose? Because my friend Jesus taught that you cannot serve two things. You cannot serve two masters. And the verse is from Matthew no one can serve two masters. You'll hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. And he was talking here about money. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. But money may very well represent some of the, the things that we want to add to our life. And we think by adding them, we'll get happiness. We'll get life. But the Bible teaches that you cannot serve the things that we add to our life and God. You serve God firstly and those other things are added to you. That's the biblical principle. That's our choice every day, my friends. What are we going to, what are we going to choose? In this part it says seek the kingdom of God. But in other words, it's just saying choose today. Choose today what comes first. Choose today what's most important. Choose today. We believe in the Salvation Army and we believe that uh, the body of Christ right across the world is about alerting people to and demonstrating the kingdom of God here on earth. And that alerting people to the kingdom of God, the reign of God on the earth is about putting the choice before people. I put it before myself every day. Who am I serving here? Myself? People I want to look good in front of? Or am I serving God for the sake of others? I just wanna leave with you two illustrations that come from the Bible about two people who came to Jesus and who had a choice. And the first one was a guy and he's described in three words in the Bible. He was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. So they call him in the Bible, the rich young ruler. So it describes him a bit. He was rich, he had plenty of money, he was young of age and he had a position of authority and influence. And the Bible records that he came to Jesus and it's recorded in the book of Mark, if you want to look it up later, Mark chapter 10. So we might say from those two adjectives that he used, he was rich and he was young, that things were going pretty good for him. Plenty of money, he was young, The world at his feet. He had a position of influence. Why would he come to Jesus? What did he want of Jesus? We learn when we read about this guy that he didn't come when everyone was around. He came in the darkness of the night and he sought Jesus out. And he asked Jesus some questions. And he said he wanted to know about life, what it was all about, what Jesus thought. And Jesus gave him some suggestions. And Jesus actually said, well, you've probably got to give up what you think is so important in your life. You've got to be born again. And Jesus presented the rich, young ruler with a choice that night. And the Bible records what he did. And what he did was walk away. And we don't read of him again. The second guy was, uh, it's recorded in the 19th chapter of the book of Luke. And uh, he's a guy who obviously loved adding things to his life as well. And he had the job as a tax collector in those days and they would sit at the, the gate of the city and they would uh, receive taxes from the people going in and out of the city. And he had a philosophy of uh, I receive it, one for the city, one for the pocket. Next person, one for the city, one for the pocket. So he was deceitful. He was trying to keep adding things to his life. That was the choice that he was making. But he started to hear whispers around the community that a guy called Jesus was making some radical claims about being God, the son of God. And he was healing people and he was, you know, teaching these outlandish things about heaven and about God being able to be present in your life and about the healing that could come through the touch of him. And so this guy thought, I'm going to check this fellow out. And the story is told that this guy, Zacchaeus, because he was short and there was a huge crowd. What sh- I won't point anyone out, but what do short people do in a crowd? Try and get the best vantage point so you can see. And he climbed up a tree and he was sitting in the branches of the tree and out of all the crowd that day the bible says that jesus got to the the base of the tree and looked up to him and said his name zacchaeus you come down because today i'm going to your house for dinner and zacchaeus imagine it he, he didn't think he was going to have any conversation with Jesus he just wanted to stand at a distance anybody here think they can you know uh, relate to that oh look I, I hear some great things about Jesus but look I'll just stand back from here this will be the vantage point arm's length obviously a good man doing some great things but that's as close as I want to get I can see a few people nodding their heads There's lots of people in Australia. We're known as a nation for people who, yeah, well, okay, you can believe whatever you want, but I'll just stand back here. And Jesus that day said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm I'm going to your, your house for tea. And the people who were religious in that day, they didn't hang around with people like Zacchaeus. Bad bad people deceitful what would I want to have anything to do with them I'm a Pharisee I'm a, I'm a God person I'm a God botherer whoever Tracy is but Zacchaeus took this Jesus home and it says that in the home of Zacchaeus that night Zacchaeus was honest and he told Jesus what are you hanging out with me for do you know what I've done I'm deceitful. I would prefer the hands-back approach to you, Jesus. But as they talked, the scriptures record that that night Zacchaeus made a choice because it ends up the story, the account in the book of Luke says, that Jesus says to Zacchaeus, you know what, Zacchaeus? Today, salvation has come to your house. And the Bible records that that, from that day on, Zacchaeus went and paid back all the money that he had taken. Because his choice that day not only made a difference in his life, it was significant for the people around him. And you and I get to make a choice You know, a story has just come into my mind and I'll close with this and the band might, might want to come up. Uh, a number of years ago when da- Major David and I were the managers of um, Miracle Haven, which is a centre on the central coast of um, New South Wales, um, we, uh, yeah <laughs> uh, it was a centre of probably 110 men at any one time were there. We had, didn't have any ladies. And we used to do the Red Shield Appeal as uh, they do here. And and one year, and we didn't know for a couple of years after, I don't know whether Major David remembers this, um, but a a young man um, pocketed the money that he collected for the Red Shield Appeal. He was a client on the program, asked to collect for us, and he pocketed a lot of the money and just brought back a minimal amount. And we didn't know. We accepted what he brought back. But... The program and that step that says I make a decision to turn my life over to the care of God as I understand him had made a difference in this young man's life and he'd left the state and he'd got a job, he'd got a girlfriend, life was going very well for him but his choice to follow a different way led him to think differently about things. It didn't just affect him, it it was significant for the the people around him. And he rang Major David up one day and said, I want to come and visit you, Major David. I'm going to fly up from Melbourne and I want to come back to the centre and I I I need to sit down with you. And do you remember this? Yeah. And he came back and he said to Major David, and this was about two years later, he said, "Uh, when I was here as a client, uh, I stole money from the Red Shield Appeal. And he said, but I I, I made a choice when I was here that I was going to live differently. But I I did that. And I need to confess before you that I did that. And the choices I've made since then have led me to the fact that I've started to feel very guilty. And I'm finding it hard to sleep at night. Because it just doesn't correlate with the choice I made that I would follow Jesus. And that I would follow his ways for my life. And that I would turn my will and my care over to God. And uh, it's weighed heavy on my heart. And so today I want to write a check. And I'm not only going to write it for what I stole, but I'm going to do it threefold. He did a Zacchaeus. He did a Zacchaeus. Because a choice on his life didn't just affect him. It, It affected the way he was operating with people around him the shame of what he'd done stayed with him. And Major David was able to receive that and we were able to use it. Major David was able to pray with him. And as he left the office he said, you'll never know the burden that I just feel free of today. It's been so heavy on my heart. Thank you for helping me to release that today. He did a Zacchaeus. You and I get to make a choice choose you today who you're going to serve because my friends you cannot choose two masters and when Jesus is master of your life all those things that are going to be good for you and are going to bring you joy will be there anyway he's going to bring them into your life he's going to honour you with his presence he's going to honour you With privilege. He's going to honor you with opportunities that you wouldn't have expected. He's going to bring you into a relationship that means so much more than all the relationships that you've you've tried to, to make right in the past. Because choosing today who you will serve, Joshua said, As for me, he stood before his people, and I say it before you that I've said for many years now. As for me and my household, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to make a choice. But it's going to be a choice every day. It's going to have to affect the way I handle my money. And it's going to have to affect the way I endeavour to parent my my adult children. And it's going to have to affect the way I lead a community of faith. And it's going to have to affect the way I, I operate in my community outside these walls going to have to make a difference in the way I treat the people around me. It's going to have to make a a difference in the way I choose what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day. It's going to have to make a difference about the people I'm going to let into my life and the people I'm going to say no to and the things I'm going to say no to. And the things I'm gonna have to need to confess to be free and to be released. Choosing today who you will serve affects you, my friends, yes. But oh, it has far rippling effects. There'll be generations to come after you who will rise and call you blessed because of a decision you make here in 2016. The generations after you, do you want your children? And your children's children? And do you want the significant people in your life to know that back in 2016, someone in my family made a choice to serve God and that's affected my life. And in the ministry that he calls you to, and he has called every person here to ministry. He's called each of you to be a missionary. But if you don't get the choice right, the mission is in It's ineffective. I want you to stand and we're going to sing, Oh, praise the name. And this song really really retells the story of the death of Jesus and his resurrection. And it's it's in the power of that message and in the power of choosing that way that we can say, as for me and my household, here I am, Lord. Do what you will in my life. Let's sing it together. Oh, praise the name. And let's respond accordingly to what God is saying to us.